0: fine spices, or as one early Flemish cookbook instructs in a recipe for rabbit sauce, take grains of paradise, ginger, and cinnamon, ground together, and sugar with saffron, mixed, and add thereto a little cumin. It is assumed the cook already knows what he is doing. Nevertheless, other sources do give more specific quantities and scattered descriptions of feasts where seemingly enormous amounts of spices were supposedly consumed in a single meal. The great French historian Fernand Braudel wrote of what, to his Gallic sensibility, was a spice orgy. Some have recoiled in horror at medieval recipes that include handfuls of cloves, nutmeg, and pepper— Today's writers warn that an ounce of cloves suffices for the preparation of an efficient anesthetic, and that too much nutmeg can be poisonous. Others just can't imagine that anyone could eat such highly seasoned cuisine. According to the Italian culinary historian, Massimo Montanari, these levels of consumption are hard to conceive of, and belong instead to the realm of desire and imagination. I'd love to invite these academics to the Sultan Restaurant. Perhaps then they would understand how perfectly credible is the medieval account that records the use of a seemingly spectacular two pounds of spices at a single bash. The figure comes from a manuscript called the Ménagier de Paris, penned by an affluent bourgeois functionary for his young wife in the late 1300s, and includes all sorts of advice, including just what you needed to buy to throw a party. As an example, the writer describes an all-day wedding feast consisting of dinner and supper for forty and twenty guests, respectively, as well as some half-dozen servants. The shopping list does indeed include a pound of ginger and a half-pound of cinnamon, as well as smaller quantities of long pepper, gallingale, mace, cloves, melagueta, and saffron but it also calls for 20 capons, 20 ducklings, 50 chickens, and 50 rabbits, as well as venison, beef, mutton, veal, pork, and goat—more than 600 pounds of meat in all. What's extraordinary about this meal is not the quantity of spice—at most, about a half teaspoon of mostly sweet spices for each pound of meat—but the extravagance of the entire event. If this is an orgy of food the spices would hardly qualify as more than a flirtation. Still, even that half teaspoon of spice would be unusual in contemporary French or Italian cooking, though it would scarcely merit mentioning at an Indian restaurant. To make the Balti Gosh you use way more seasoning, about a half ounce of spices, or roughly two level teaspoons, for every pound of meat. So it may well be that my medieval knight would have found my gosh hard going even per his developed palate. I can only imagine what the academics would say. The Need for Spice A great deal of nonsense has been written by highly knowledgeable people about Europeans' desire for spices. Economic historians of the spice trade who have long mastered the relative value of pepper quintals and ginger quintars, both units of weight, and effortlessly parse the price differential of cloves between Mecca and Malacca, will typically begin their weighty tomes by mentioning, almost in passing, the self-evident fact that Europeans needed spices as a preservative, or to cover up the taste of rancid food. This is supposed to explain the demand that sent the Europeans off to conquer the world. Of course, the experts then quickly move on to devote the rest of their study to an intricate analysis of the supply side of the equation. But did wealthy Europeans sprinkle their swan and peacock pies with cinnamon and pepper because their meat was rank? The idea is an affront to common sense, to say nothing of the fact that it completely contradicts what's written in the old cookbooks. Throughout human history, until the advent of refrigeration, food has been successfully preserved by one of three ways—drying, salting, and preserving in acid. Think prunes, prosciutto, and pickles. The technology of preserving food wasn't so different in the days of Charlemagne, the Medici, or even during the truncated lifetime of Marie Antoinette, even though the cooking was entirely different in each era. The rough and ready Franks were largely ignorant of all but pepper. In Renaissance Italy, ginger, cinnamon, nutmeg, saffron, and cloves adorned not merely the tables of merchants and potentates but also found their way into medical prescriptions and alchemical concoctions spices were even used as mouthwash and then french trans-